بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد ونبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا حسد إلا في الثنتين رجل آتاه الله القرآن فهو يقوم به آناء الليل وآناء النهار ورجل آتاه الله مالا فهو ينفقه آناء الليل وآناء النهار متفق عليه Continuing with the hadith, Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anuma narrates from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La hasad, there is no jealousy. In this context, the translation we made, there is no envy except in two things. The first part of this hadith, we discussed it extensively. Rajulun atahullahu al-Qur'an. That person whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed with the Qur'an, that is the knowledge of the Qur'an, the understanding of the Qur'an, the closeness with the Qur'an. فَهُوَ يَقُومُ بِهِ آنَا اللَّيْلِ وَآنَا النَّهَارِ And day and night, he brings his life in conformance with the Qur'an. قِيَامْ بِالْقُرْآن Literally translated, يَقُوم means to stand. يَقُومُ بِهِ means to uphold the principles of the Qur'an. In other words, his, his entire life revolves around the Qur'an. That is, he adheres to the Qur'an, recites the Qur'an, teaches the Qur'an, understands its meaning, ponders over the message of the Qur'an, issues verdicts in conformance with the dictates of the Qur'an, practices upon the Qur'an, propagates the Qur'an. So he is what we find in another hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Ahlul Qur'an, the person of the Qur'an, and Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that such people are ahlullahi wa khasatu. They are the household of Allah and they are the chosen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is someone worthy of envy. This is something that we should aspire to. The attachment with the Qur'an and bringing our lives in conformance with the principles of the Qur'an and to propagate it. The second part of the hadith, رَجُلٌ آتَاهُ اللَّهُ مَالًا is that person whom Allah's Rasul Allah's Nabi says, Allah blessed him with great wealth. Allah blessed him with wealth. This second part of the hadith is why Imam Nawi rahimahullah has introduced this hadith in this chapter which deals with the virtue Al-Ghaniyu Shakir. That person whom Allah Ta'ala has blessed with wealth and he makes the shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to that wealth. And Imam Nawawi rahimullah explains the conduct of such a person. He says, Man al mal min wajihi, person who earns his wealth in a halal manner, wa sarafahu fi wujuhi al ma'muri biha. And he spends his wealth in those avenues which Allah ta'ala has commanded us with the spending. In faq, spending, this is something that for much time now we've been discussing the importance that the shariat places upon this. So, فَهُوَ يُنْفِقُهُ Allah blessed him with wealth, فَهُوَ يُنْفِقُهُ He spends it, doesn't hoard it, doesn't hold on to it. Day and night, day and night he is spending in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you look at this type of analogy, day and night he is spending, so then what happens? Why is it not running out? Why is it how does he keep, how does the wealth, how is the wealth still staying there? You have something, you're giving it away all the time. Look at the expression. Nabi says, day and night he's giving it, spending all the time. But one is what you and I see. 
One is our personal experience and the other is the system of Allah and His Rasul Allah's system is what? Anfiq yunfaq alayk. Spend and Allah will keep spending on you. وَمَا أَنْفَقْتُمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَوَيُخْلِفُهُ Allah says whatever you spend, يُخْلِفُهُ Allah will give it back to you. Allah will give it back to you many many times, multiplied. So this is why according to your and my understanding, when you spend, the wealth may be getting diminished, may be getting less. But Allah's system is what? You're actually preserving your wealth, you're protecting your wealth. Because Allah takes it upon Himself to give you more than what you gave. So, فَهُوَ يُنْفِقُهُ عَنَا اللَّيْلِ وَعَنَا النَّهَارِ Day and night he is spending, in other words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps on giving him more and more. وَنَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ عَنْهُ أَنَّ فُقَرَاءَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ أَتَوْ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَقَالُوا ذَهَبَ أَهْلُ الدُّثُورِ بِالدَّرَجَاتِ الْعُلَىٰ وَالنَّعِيمِ الْمُقِيمِ فَقَالَ وَمَا ذَاكَ فَقَالُوا يُصَلُّونَ كَمَا نُصَلِّي وَيَسُومُونَ كَمَا نَسُومُ وَيَتَصَدَّقُونَ وَلَا نَتَصَدَّقُ وَيُعْتِقُونَ وَلَا نُعْتِقُ Hadith is slightly lengthy and time is limited. The first part of the hadith, before we translate, we find incidents like this are very, very important for us to appreciate, for us to ponder over such incidents. Because they open up for us and make us understand what we call the mizaj and the temperament and the psyche of the Sahaba of Rasulullah And very, very important life's lessons we can learn from this. Allah's Rasul or the role of the Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam. One of the objectives and the goals of the Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam was what we call in layman's terms zehen sazi. Zehen sazi means to condition the minds of people. Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam, they condition the minds of people to give greater or to attach greater importance to the akhirat over the dunya. As Muslims, as people of Iman, we have this conviction that the life of this world is very short. and The life of the hereafter is forever and ever everlasting. And that in fact, on a daily basis, every morning we get up. If you look across the world, people are getting up every day and they are making effort. They are making effort in order to address the challenges of life. Difficulties, hardships that they anticipate needs, hopes, ambitions, aspirations that they have. Accordingly, a person makes effort to fulfill all this. Now there are those hopes, aspirations, ambitions that pertain to this life which is short. And there are those difficulties, hardships and challenges that pertain to this life. Then there is the hopes, aspirations and ambitions of the akhirat. And the difficulties and hardships that may lie ahead in Akhirat. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam made such an effort upon Sahaba, such zehen sazi, such conditioning of the minds upon them and his ummah that make greater effort for the hopes and aspirations of Akhirat over the dunya. Be more aware and be more afraid of the hardships and challenges that lie ahead after mort, after death then the hardships and challenges that you are facing in this world. Because in reality, 
Like sometimes you look at a little child, young, young child is playing with a toy, and then some accident occurs and the toy breaks. And this child starts sobbing and crying, as if kiamat has come. Now an adult, when he looks at this, he thinks to himself, this is the nadani, immaturity of a child, that this little breaking of this little toy is affecting him so much. What lies ahead, this is nothing. This is a game. Exactly like that Allah Ta'ala tells us, وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ You are worried about your ambitions in this world. You cry over the losses of this world. You are worried to face the challenges of this world. Your example is like the child that started crying when his toy broke. Because this is nothing compared to what lies ahead. وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ The life of this world is just objects of, of deception. It's very small compared to what lies ahead. And such an effort Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made upon sahaba kiram such conditioning of the mind, such conviction about the challenges and hopes and ambitions of the akhirat over the dunya that this became almost a way of life for the sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we can see this clearly illustrated in this particular incident. Where the Sahabi Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala and like this, there are other Sahaba that have narrated similar incidents like this. Where they mention what the Sahaba approached Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa about. And like I mentioned, my respected brothers, this teaches us the mizaj and the temperament of Sahaba. Today, if you pick up any newspaper, you will see, you'll, you'll read about people marching, people making demands on their politicians, people making demands upon government, people speaking out, writing articles, engage, engaging with the media to address perceived injustices. The poor are fighting against the rich. The less advantaged have a problem or difficulty with those who are, have extra advantages in life. Whether it is it has to do with housing, whether it has to do with municipal, uh, municipal administration, whether it has to do with electricity, whether it has to do with ease or comfort in this world, whatever it is. Many avenues of life, you'll always, always see this, the haves and the have-nots. And the have-nots are upset and they are demanding that somehow these perceived injustices should be addressed and they should be on an equal footing with those that haves with the haves, or you might want to give it that title. So like that, Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala describes an approach that was made. Approach that was made by the poor people of Medina Munawwara. He says, Anna fuqara al-muhajireen. The muhajireen are that group that made hijrat from Makkah Mukarramah to Medina Munawwara. When they came to Medina Munawwara, they had nothing besides the clothes on their backs. They had given up everything. They gave up their homes, their livelihoods, everything, and they came to Medina Munawwara. So he says, the poor ones amongst the muhajireen, the poor ones amongst the muhajireen, atau Rasulullah, they came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and they placed a dilemma in front of him. They placed a difficulty, a hardship that they were facing in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi They placed a certain demand with regards to what they perceived was an injustice. What was the injustice? What was warning them? They said, ahlu duthur. They said, Ya Rasulullah, we are poor. 
It's not in the hadith, but if you analyze this, we don't even have the, all we have is the clothes on our backs. How poor were they? We've seen in previous riwayat that the Ashabu Sufa, the people of the raised platform in Medina Munawwara, they barely had clothes to cover themselves. They would cling to the ground for fear that if they stood up, their satar would be exposed. That, that, that was the extent of their poverty. So they came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, we, we have a problem, we have a dilemma. What is the dilemma? They say that the rich ones amongst us, those whom Allah has given us, given great wealth, they have gone ahead. Now if you just take this first section of the hadith, and we put it in, we turn the clock 14th century's front, a group of poor people approach their leader, and they say the rich ones amongst us have gone ahead. What would the next part of it be? They have gone ahead, they have better houses, they have better cars, they have better clothing, they have better food, they have better lifestyles. This is what it should be if we utilize our mindset, our thinking, our, our, our value system. But like I said, Zehen Sazi, the conditioning of minds of Sahaba, they were also upset, the poor were upset, the rich have gone ahead, they are, they are better off than us, we are disadvantaged. But what were they upset about? They didn't come and say, Ya Rasulullah, the rich have gone ahead, they have better homes and whatever it is. What they said? Ya Rasulullah, the rich have gone ahead in earning the highest ranks in Jannat. Ya Rasulullah, they are using their wealth which we don't have for to prepare darajatil ula, the high, high echelons of Jannat. And they are using their wealth to prepare na'im, ni'mads, bounties, al-muqeem, which are eternal, which are forever and ever. Not, they were not concerned. Look at this. They don't have, they don't have, they don't know where the next meal is coming from. They are upset. They come to Rasulullah. The rich are gone ahead, but they're not asking for anything to do with this world. Nor are they affected by the fact that the rich have a better lifestyle in this world. No. Ya Rasulullah, the rich have gone ahead in earning the great ranks in Jannat, the positions in Jannat, and the eternal ni'mat and bounties of Jannat. Shall I continue?